1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast.
3: And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega.
2: 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, magnum P.I., so yeah. we named him. No idea, just but... Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. I'm on cam last year. We said
3: probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer.
2: Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight (laughs) pointer. Yeah.
3: "Ah." I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then I steps like another 90 inch eight pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. You're like, I'm like deer right there. Yeah. Like, and he's already 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been, had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done.
2: Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. He come down here to missouri my ass homie. one more time i'm like is it a good buck and he goes yeah really good solid buck i'm like all right boom <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure super special to me
3: whitetail legacy podcast bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy
2: baller rut this is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. <laughs> uh, this is a second try for this intro, like normal. Um, we're coming at you with another Legend of the Woods. We got Sean from Team Radical talking about Thumper. Um, you guys can watch this video at Team Radical. If you want to go to Team Radical after this v- episode, before this episode, watch it. Um, he breaks down the hunt for this deer. And then we also get into some big buck tactics of uh how he's successful and some of these overlooked spots where he's been killing these absolute giants um last homie help me out last four years three in the 180s one in the 170s and a 160 and a 160 yeah yep. last five years so i mean um, guys absolutely low-key crushing giants if you look at his facebook page you can see them all um, dude's got everything from main beam drops flyers palmation like crazy insane pollination it looks like deer from alberta yeah you know just insane stuff so this guy's getting it done he's targeting one deer and uh he's getting it done on these deer so a lot of good information in this it got us thinking about a couple of spots that we Mm -hmm. might get in and throw a cam and see see what happens yeah like we
3: just throw a cam that's like i said
2: just throw a cam somewhere you never know you're wasting one cam like okay it's shit i know that's shit now i can go somewhere else yeah it just
3: eases your curiosity yep
2: All right, let's get into the people that make this possible, and we'll get into the show. Start off with VIP. Hit him with the VIP, homie.
3: Yeah, VIP this week is uh, starting to roll out production blades for the combat veterans. So if you have ordered uh, a three-pack of the combat veterans, um, you will be receiving your 440C stainless steel blades here real quick. So looking forward to that. And then um, obviously any combat veterans made from here on out will be the high-grade steel blades um if you want to get some of those look them up at uh, veteranip.com
2: all right you got the vip veteran brother shout out
3: yeah this week's shout out is craig parker he's currently serving in the marines as we speak and he's an avid listener of the show um i think a couple episodes ago we we had mentioned uh, just being a, so, a solid guy out there and um you know not one to shout shout their own self out but uh, craig did he said he heard that and he's like you know i'm I'm just going to send it in, and um, and I'm glad he did. So uh, got to talk to him for a little bit about his service. So, Greg, we appreciate you uh, first for signing up for the Marines and uh, two for also
2: building up the courage to send in your shout-out, man. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Like we say, we, most people, out, you know, military, active or veterans, they don't want the shout-out. You know, like, oh, I didn't do nothing. I'm not a hero. But to us, man, you guys are um, – He did a lot for us, for our families. You know, I try to uh, teach my kids. If I see a veteran hat, I said, hey, that guy, you know, he's a veteran. He served in the Army, you know, and I'm trying to explain that to him because when when they grow up, I want them to have the respect that I do for people that have done that. And I feel like starting them young, I want them to, like, remember me as, like, oh, shit, this guy's got a hat, you know what I mean? Like, this guy, you know, this guy's served, you know, he's in uniform or whatever. Give him some respect, and uh, I appreciate you you know serving this country serving me and my family keeping us safe and uh, everything they do from the white tail legacy podcast crew and the vip family it's going to ecw calls all your custom call needs turkey uh box slate um, grunt tubes we're still rocking the grunt tubes um i haven't got rainer's out in a while he's probably one of <laughs> my thing is. he probably forgot about it now oh yeah yeah. It's in the shadow box. So he got the crow call today. Holy smokes. Oh, in the car. on that. In the car. In the car. That oh, That's a terrible idea. I got like a mile and a half from my grandma, <laughs> uh, from, from daycare, yeah. grandma's house to home. Thank God, because that was, was brilliant. I was like, don't blow it so loud. You right? know, he's just.
3: You had the car full of kids?
2: Yeah. Just uh, ripping. Yeah. <laughs> Bladen Blade can't hear nothing. No, 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 no. Nothing. <laughs> All right, Exodus trail cams. You got Exodus?
3: Yeah, uh, kind of getting into the spring and summer tip. Uh, I know some people are starting to get the cams back out after pulling them for the winter. Um, one thing that Cody and I have had some uh, problem with is ants or you know bugs getting in there and really doing some damage on a camera. So um, tip of the week from Exodus here is uh, ant protection. You can spray Permithrin. They recommend spraying it on the straps and on the top of the tree or, like, you know, that first crotch there. Um, and then you can also put some ant killer inside the door with the way that their doors fold down like that. Um, Chad was putting some in there on the tray and then closing it. So, um, but you have to remember to take the ant killer every time because when you get down there, you're probably going to forget and you're going to spill it when you open your camera up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you can, you know, that's a, that's a good way to prevent some damage and extend the life of
2: your camera. Another thing I will say is if, uh, if you do go out there and you find a tree that has ants that your camera's messing, don't clear the ants out and put it back on that tree. Because <laughs> <laughs> even if you think all oh, the ants are gone, like, oh, there's no ants on this tree. You must have been just some freak. No, man, if you move that tree, if you move that cam three trees over, you might be good. But yeah. don't leave it on that same tree because I've done that. And then another thing, um, you know, if they have a, a place to hook up USB or something and they have that rubber cap, make sure that rubber cap's there. Um, small details like that. If not, run a piece of tape over it or something to keep them from getting in. Um, they will absolutely destroy. And it's real solid if it's hooked to a mobile cam because then you get about 80,000 <laughs> pictures and it's just ants going across the, the screen. Center. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you just get like a little black blurry. like, what? What the heck is going You got to go out there and it's just covering her ants So, yeah. Been there. Yeah, been there. All right. Let's get into Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, all your taxidermy needs. Um, guys ripping through the buck mounts. Um, hopefully, we get to take him another legend this year. That'd be nice. Yeah. We got our eyes on one that's going to be legendary. He's probably got killed on the private ground of the Two south. or maybe three. Yeah, but. Uh, Oh, you're, you're, you're
3: talking yeah. about
2: the private ground yeah. one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's good. We have to talk about, well, which one are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, which
2: one are you talking about? So yeah. um, all your taxidermy needs, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. He's got your hookup for all local guys out there. Give him a shot. Guys putting out top quality mounts at a reasonable working man's price. You got Next Level? Yeah, this week
3: we're going to highlight uh, next level deer supplements, pelleted feed. Uh, they have five protein sources to satisfy bacteria in the rumen uh, 22 to 24% protein content, formulated with only the highest bioavailable gre- ingredients. This pelleted feed meets not only the nutritional needs of bucks growing antlers and lactating does, but more importantly, it meets the demands of new fawns when they begin eating solid foods. So that's uh, very good for the new dropping fawns that are going to be coming here within the next month or so. Uh, this pelleted feed has additives that help the animals cope with heat during the summer, uh, helps their their blood flow, and uh, do some do some research there on that rumen. Um, they talked about that when they come on the show, so
2: we're both both wearing Next Level Deer Supplement shirts tonight. Yeah, yeah. You're not? <laughs> yeah, we're in the black, the black and pink. Oh, one. nice. Yeah. I'm rocking the white. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, but yeah, shout out Next Level. Um, one thing I really like about them, man, they really dug into the science behind everything, and they think about everything. They're thinking about they're not even thinking about growing inches. They're thinking about better fawns. You know, you have a fawn button buck. They want that fawn button buck to be tip top shape to where you know, he might be a basket eight as a year and a half. You know, mm-hmm. he just got that genetic jump, you know, when you start feeding this stuff. So they're thinking about heat in the summer, the rumor. I mean, they, they're digging in and trying to give you the best that they can. And they're not hyping it up to insane prices like a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, other feed companies. It's reasonable price. And you know that it's doing solid work out there.
3: Yeah. And if you talk to Nate and Scott, if you message him with a question or something, you know, they're going to talk about not just starting a program now. They're going to talk about it, you know, starting in January and then, you know, throughout the rut and then going into late summer. It's going to be a year round deal. And that's how you really help your herd be healthy as possible.
2: Yeah. That's like we say on here a lot. If you guys do have a question. Um, you can reach out to us. We can get the answers for you. We might know it, but we'll probably have to get the yeah. answers for everybody when it gets into the scientific stuff. But uh, you can reach out to Next Level on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Scott or Nate's going to answer you. Just a couple of normal, solid guys. And um, you, uh, you're you going to get to hear a mountain lion hunt from Scott himself coming up next episode. We're going to do it next episode? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. All right. I just spilled that right on <laughs> right on his face. <laughs> All right, we got Sean McCrory on from Missouri. How you doing
0: tonight? Oh, not too bad. Glad to be glad to be on the show.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Another cold call messages. It's hard to look away from uh your Facebook page and not see those just ultimate legends <laughs> on there. I was like, just pick one. You got too many to choose. Um, I'll just let you pick one. So we're excited to have you on. Like we talked to you a little bit earlier. I know we're gonna learn some stuff and uh uh, just go ahead and give the listeners a brief introduction of who you are and what you do.
0: All right. Well, I'm Sean McCrory, uh member of Team Radical. Uh, you can see some of my videos on there, uh, on our YouTube page. Uh, Hunt Missouri pretty much exclusively for whitetails. Dabbled a little bit in Nebraska with almost no success. But uh, as far as Missouri goes, I've Kind of got a uh, a uh, plan that seems to work. In the last six years, I've killed three deer in the 180s, one in the high 170s, and several 160s. Uh, just, I mean, basically doing it on the cheapest plan possible while still hunting some private ground. Uh, personally, we own 400 acres uh everything else that i hunt is basically permission ground uh chase after deer on properties that are from 500 acres to four acres anything i can get a hold of that if a buddy owns four acres that has a little corner of woodlot i'm gonna throw a mineral site and a trail camera on it in the summertime if i mean if you're hunting deer that are trophy huge deer your 400-acre beef, unless you're in, like, the most prime place in the country, is not going to hold 170, 180-inch deer every single year. So if that's the deer you're going after, you're just going to have to spread out. And uh, that's just kind of the plan that I attack going into the season. Uh, I'm guessing today I'm going to talk about a buck that I killed last year in 2019, uh thumper.
2: Yeah, we want to hear the story of thumper um we're gonna put you on the legend series like i said you got a bunch of legends to choose from i'm excited to hear this got a lot of uh, unique characteristics you said you got a lot of history Uh, i see on your facebook page there you had uh, a couple years trail cam history with them and stuff so um, we love these stories like i said we learn a lot and uh I got a question. Does it ever get old, like walking up on a one eighty, like the third one eighty? You are like, ah,
0: you know. Oh yeah, you get absolutely sick
2: of it. I mean, <laughs> I am sure. I am sure you just get so tired of dragging the big ones out. I Maybe mean, need to shoot a six a grown, pointer It'd be so easier to get this thing out. Being a
0: grown man and crying and, and on a camera is uh is it's humbling.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been there. We've all been. To. I mean, homie's been there. We've <laughs> been known to cry over a deer every now and then. You know. It's just, oh man. It's,
0: you know, it's it dumb to think about it, but, I mean, you go into these woods every single day chasing after just one deer and thinking, I mean, my, my girlfriend will tell you that during the months of September through or August through November, there's nothing I talk about more than the one deer that I'm after. And, like, the second you harvest that deer, that whole thing is over it. I mean, you're, all your planning, all your all your hard work that you've done, like that wood's empty after that happens. So, yeah, I mean, that I think that ties into mostly emotions of hunting a deer like that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the same thing too. Luckily, they repopulate, and if you can get on another on, big one <laughs> every year, you know, imagine oh, if there man. was only like six giants out there and that's all you had, you know what I mean? so um, There are
0: so few and far between, though, it seems like.
2: Yeah, the, the giant, giant ones. We cover a lot of ground. We run a lot of trail cams. And around we say around us, you know, me and homie, we think 130, 140. Good buck. A lot of them around. 150s, good bucks. Getting the 160, 170 range. You're getting pretty slim. You get above that 170 range. Might be two. You might, you know, two or three. And there, even if you look at, like, the number harvested in that range, or it just you know people that are hardcore hunters and – they might send you some trail camp picks. like the biggest buck they're sending is a one sixty. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah, man, I find a hundred sheds a year almost every year, and I've only got one or two, maybe out of uh, out of close to a thousand sheds that would score in the one one seventies. I mean, that's how many, how few they are to make it actually through deer season. I mean, that's and. You know, when with those kind of odds, you really got to spread your spread your wings out. Yeah, you know, that's like for sure. Earlier, like, if you if you're hunting a 400 acre farm, you're not going to have a 170 steer there every year, unless you're maybe in the heart of Iowa where everybody manages to the tee. But here in Missouri, we've got 425 acres of ground that is prime habitat that I do everything in my power to like make as good as it can get and every four to five years i may have a deer there that i really want to hunt i mean that's that's how rare they are but you know if you spread out and you're running cameras on 10 12 acre pieces that your buddy owns that he doesn't hunt, it's amazing actually how many big bucks you get on those little tiny pieces
3: yeah that's something we've learned is you know the right ten acres is, you know, the money spot. We've said that a hundred times yeah. If you could pick up another <laughs> sliver
2: of timber that's on a fence line or something, pick it up it's and put it. A hundred tr- percent
0: true. Yeah, it's it's dumb, but yeah, I've read enough North American whitetail since I've been like ten years old to know that like giant bucks come off a small piece of the property in the right spot. You always
2: see, like, the kid that's nine years old. Yeah. That his dad was like, i going go hunt this little piece <laughs> over here. Uh, that's a good spot. And he's like, that kid ain't going to see shit. And then he shoots a 190.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's stupid how often that's the case. Yeah. Like, yeah. You almost can't ignore it to the fact where, like, if you have 10 acres that sits in the middle of 2,000 acre pieces and you can put, like, a strategic little food source in there, I don't care if it's, like, a quarter acre. Like if you can get 180 to walk through there once or twice a season, if you get one picture of them in the summer. You won. Like if you're there yeah. at the right time, like your odds of killing 180 on a 10-acre piece where there's a 180-inch deer there <laughs> is a thousand times better than killing 180 on a 400-acre piece where there isn't one within 10 miles.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we've said that a lot, man. Those small pieces, so it just feels like people like, oh, it's, it's 50 and under. That's what it feels like. Oh, it's not bigger than 50 acres. It ain't even worth messing around with. You know what I mean? But we're always looking for that 25, that 15, that 40, you know,
0: anything. It's in the right spot. Like, yeah. if it's there and, they, like, everything around it looks good, there's no reason that there won't be a big deer later.
2: We know the general area that we like to hunt. We know the general area where the big deer are. There's, like, two central blocks and then there's a gap where it's decent and then it turns good again and we just try to get around them two good areas <laughs> as close as we can and uh that's that's yep. how we play the game you know what
0: I mean Yeah, and here in Missouri we're able to use minerals so like in September August if you got a mineral site like you pretty well will catch whatever's within in their summer range within a mile of there eventually during those months and so like if a big deer is in that area in september august chances are at some point during november he's going to cross through there again especially if you got a group, core doe group that's hanged out there if you can keep a few does eaten in your little oat plot that cost you twenty dollars to burn off a field and broadcast some oats like eventually that buck's going to be there again I and mean, you just got to be lucky enough to be there when he's
2: there. Yeah, homie killed a a buck off a of oat field that we just hand broadcasted, mm-hmm. and uh, th- that's that's a low key tip right there. If you got something that they love those oats, man, they were picking the oats over everything there for a while. So oh,
0: if you got a if you got a standing bean field that is going to be harvested, take a take a uh, hand broadcaster with. Mixture of rye and oats in it and just broadcast it into the standing beans. It'll, it won't come up tall enough to affect the harvest until after they've harvested and will grow into December. And the deer just hammer it. That's what we and need to do with they the have whole choice plot. E, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they have a choice to e, eat beans or beans and rye and oats, they're going to choose the beans and rye and oats. I mean, they got a variety there. It's just so easy to do and everybody overlooks it. It's just, I mean, you can buy some bin oats from the feed store for five bucks a 50 pound bag yeah and enhance the food plot by tenfold i'm saying it's that
3: green you know yeah. like they just want that green they
2: just want that green that tender, fresh fresh green we we have does
0: out there yeah, you gotta I mean, scare and off, you're mixing off to them of. beans with it i mean you got you got the variety everything they want one spot
2: yeah that's what we did we did beans with oats on the top but we we kind of did it on the bottom, of the top. We should have just done the whole plot. Yeah,
3: we didn't think. Well, we were just trying to fill it in is yeah. what we were
2: trying to do. And I well,
3: mean, it, it worked good like on top. If
0: you have a key stand that you like to hunt. Like just do the oaks around that stand, so they kind of key in in your area that you're you're planning on being. Like. Yeah, I think we should just do yeah, the whole
2: top okay. oaks. Kind of get closer to that yeah. where we pack in hunt. Do uh-huh. that all oaks around that corner. Just kind of like we did last year, but a little bigger. Right. And. uh yeah, that's a great tip, but all right. Well, uh we're going to kind of talk about how you target uh, a buck throughout the whole entire year from the beginning to end, um, and we're going to revolve that story around Thumper. So just go ahead and take off wherever you want to start, and uh, we're going to stop talking and listen.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, in going into uh 2019, i had a buck in mind that i was chasing going into late season 2018. he's a bucket called longmire uh big mainframe ten probably mid 170s to 180s deer was just i mean perfect ten no trash no nothing uh the deer was very elusive come late season He didn't show up till december So going into 2019, I thought that deer would still be there because we had all the food, all the cover, everything we'd want, need. But as a lot of times it goes, he wasn't there. All summer long, we never got a picture of him. But in, I run some cameras all the way through the season, through turkey season to, you know, the end of the rut. And uh, I pick up a, buck that in july that had just mega growth coming on heavy bases huge brow times starting g2s and just knew he was going to be big it wasn't long before like he started growing everything out and i knew immediately what deer he was buck that i'd called thumper for the last three years thumper going into that year before that year was just the mainframe eight that Honestly, didn't show any kind of potential. He was wide, had fairly tall times, just, and a couple split brows, and just never really showed up on anybody's radar. My dad had missed him in uh, 2017, and 2018, he showed up a handful of times on camera. Just never really piqued my interest, but 2019, he threw on some huge palmations, like this big duck foot on the end of his antlers. And just, I mean, he caught my attention immediately. And I pulled almost all my cameras off of some of my other farms and threw them all onto my home farm where he was at. And uh, once he grew out all the way, he was just an absolute mega giant. My girlfriend and I went out and filmed him in Velvet in uh, late August, got some awesome footage of him. And after that, he flat disappeared. Never got a picture of him again until, I think it was August, October October 25th, like right before my rut vacation started. And I'd already re-spread out my cameras looking for another big one. Kind of was on one. And he showed up on one of my cell cameras. And I completely rerouted everything I was doing that season. Moved all my stands into one spot. And started hunting them. And Thumper, Thumper was a deer. And a lot of the bucks that I've hunted have been like deer that I could strategize on, move my stands, like make new plans on him. And Thumper was a deer that only, when he'd come onto my farm, he used about 100 yards of my fence line. And he never traveled past that. So, honestly, I had one stand location that I, I thought I could ever hunt them out of and have any kind of success. So, basically, for 18 days straight, I sat in the same stand all day long, day, day in, day out. On the morning of, I think it was November 11th, my girlfriend and I went out. The temperatures were like zero with a wind chill of negative 10. And I put her in a ground blind where the bucks that she was hunting, buck that I call showtime, beautiful seven by seven. Uh, he was showing up, put her there with a heater. I moved myself into this little tiny hang on stand and about nine o'clock thumper came out and actually bred a doe in front of uh, in front of me. I got five to 10 minutes of footage of him breathing this doe, and at that point, I, t- I called her. I said, "Dave, I'm I'm going to be in the stand all day long. I don't think the temperatures ever got above zero for a windshield that day." And sat in that stand from daylight till dark. And I only saw I saw him breed that day, and never came back out again. And for like four hunts after that, I'd lay eyes on them. And then gun season rolled around. disappeared for four or five days, pretty much assumed him dead. I called all the neighbors. Nobody seen him or shot him, but, you know, the Missouri gun season, the uh, you start getting pressure and pushing them around, they, they can travel miles. But on the morning of uh, November 22nd, I was walking up the logging road to the same stand I've been hunting every single day during that vacation, and I feel a buzz in my pocket. And at that time in the morning, nobody's texting me. Nobody's calling me. It's a cell can pick. So I pull up my phone, look at it. It's Stumper and he's standing 40 yards from my stand at that point. So I kind of hang back in the woods. I got another picture of him going back into the timber. I take this huge loop around. I spooked almost every other deer on the farm, but I knew I wasn't spooking him. Climb into the backside of my deer stand, sit there, and didn't see a deer until about 9 o'clock, and I look up after texting on my phone. I think I was complaining about not seeing anything. And uh, look up, and there's stumper standing there at about 75 yards and with a rifle that's, uh, that's a little short poke. Got the camera focused on him, put the crosshairs on him and pulled the trigger, and then uh, the water the waterworks commenced. <laughs> <laughs> that, that deer tore me up inside and it's kind of amazing how just one white ale, you know something that you've dreamed about every hour of every day can just rip you pieces inside whenever it's all over with i don't know if it's joy sadness both but uh wave of emotions whenever we do that and uh you know that as an adult i don't think you get there's nothing that excites you like you know your kid at christmas or anything like that but whenever a huge white tail something that you've dreamed about that long steps out in front of you and you finally capitalize uh, there ain't nothing in the world like that
2: yeah i I agree with that kids are they're up there man i mean we're both dads (laughs) and but I mean, it's just something, like you said, you just... Even if you're not thinking about a particular buck, you're sitting there. And I, I guarantee you, everybody listening to this podcast right now has been like, Giant's going to come over that hill right there. He's going to walk down here 25 yards. I'm going to shoot him. You just imagine it in your head. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm oh, probably going to have a drop time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's perfect when it
0: finally happens. I mean, You know we do everything we can do to try to put ourselves in the best position possible, but like ultimately it's just it's gotta happen for you or else I mean if you don't have the time to invest in it, you're you're kind of at the mercy of just hoping it happens. And there's so many other people out there, like after I killed them talking to my neighbors, like everybody was that was the buck that they were after like i'm not shooting anything but him and and like you realize your odds are actually killing that deer so low due to that and like that deer hunt the way he never i mean most deer i hunt like i've got a pretty good core range of ground that i can hunt like i can strategize on them like i was saying like you could I can move my stand like this is where he's betting at. I can move closer in on this deer. This deer would only barely cross my fence line and, like, just that's where he would go. He would just feed in the beans and he would cross back over and be and be eating or betting on the neighbors. Like, and they were hunting, like, very, very close to his core area. And it just ended up working out for me, which I guess pretty fortunate for that.
3: Just like we were talking at the beginning, you know, the limited amount of actual 170, 180 inch deer that are out there, you combine that with, you know, an ass load of hard work and time, like when you get it done, you know, just all that comes to a point and it's weird, like, crying happy. It's weird because it's, it's literally just, like, overpowering. You can't hold it back, and it just comes over you, and, you know, then it's all it, coming out at once, and you don't know what to do. <laughs> it, it's
0: like like a, it's a combination of, like, happiness, sadness, and a little bit of just, like, a relief. Like, a, ah, there it is. Like, everything came
3: together. Yeah. Like, I hope everybody listening gets the opportunity to find a deer that is like their deer, like, you know, that's the deer they're destined to shoot, but they got to put in, you know, 250 hours in the stand to get it done. That's all they can talk about. Just like you said, from August on Cody, it was May on when found uh, Mr. Freeze's sheds. So just all that time, just building up to that moment is just going on and on and on. And, you know, you know, just like you were saying you're probably texting about not seeing any damn deer and next thing you know there he is and like just when you think that's it's exactly not gonna happen yeah it. you're just like well i'm a dumbass a you know a really
2: solid eight-pointer yeah i was that's you know right before i shot my mega giant i'm texting homie i'm like what am i doing wrong <laughs> like i don't know what i'm doing wrong but i cannot and it was the same kind of deal you know the deer was just barely touching the property and uh we knew where we needed to be. We needed to be where homie was or I was. That's mm-hmm. the only place we ever got pictures of him, even where remotely close to daylight. Um, the only two solid pinches on the property, and it was just a roll of dice to who got it done. But, like, I literally text him 10 minutes before I shot I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I don't understand it. I got all this time invested, you know, three years and— then boom, it happens, and I was like, I was basically like, I'm a dumbass. I cannot kill this deer. Like, I I literally cannot kill this deer. You know, I just don't understand what you know why I can't. And then you know, boom, it happens. Like you said, you just get a flood of emotion that's uncontrollable. And I didn't even kill the damn deer, and yeah. I was I was tore up. You're like Ricky Bobby out there. You're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just just jacked right
0: now. Yeah, I've got like a core group of like three or four friends, and like I'm, I talk like endlessly about this deer with him, like strat trying to strategize with him. And like, one of my buddies, he's like, dude, you know what you gotta do. You just gotta sit that stand. Like anytime you gotta to win the to hunt, it, you gotta be there. Like you know that's the stand you're gonna kill him out of. Anytime he shows up on camera, it's at that stand. And <laughs> sitting one spot for that many days in a row is just like you beating your head against the wall. No, oh, that's brutal. Did you I see got- any blue herrings
2: when you're hunting? <laughs> <laughs> Homie's got a, a blue he- a lot of wood ducks. Homie's got a blue herring curse. If we yes. see a blue herring while we're hunting, we ain't killing anything. It's just the known fact. <laughs> <laughs> we seen one turkey hunting on Sunday. I was like, we're done. Pack it up. <laughs> Shit's over. <getting laughs> so got us a few extra gobbles, but that was about it. Yeah. I never that's a low-key gobble locator. Blue herring screech. They were cracking <laughs> yeah. on that thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, about 9 30 lookout. look like, out
0: oh. like i was seeing there's i had two or three bucks last year on my phone that were oh 150s 160s class and they were tempting me on a daily basis coming oh, out God. Of that'd be tough like, for me this buck that my girlfriend stormy was having and it's showtime he's a mainframe six by six with a couple Inside points that make him a seven by seven. He looks like a typical seven by seven. And uh, this deer parades in front of me like every time I hunt. Like I take her with me to shoot this deer. He doesn't show. (laughs) I put her in a different stand where I'm getting silky and pictures of him. He show he shows where I'm at. Like it's just it was a that deer eluded us hard. It's tempting you man. We got his shed horns, and he is going to be an absolute mega giant this year.
1: Man, I think he was yeah. just
0: four last year as a seven by seven. Oh, like he's He's got everything that a person could ever want in a deer. I hope. I told her that I'd let him walk, and I, I hope that I can for her, but it's uh, going to be tough. And when the push comes to shove and you get it. Get a deer
2: that size in front of you next year. I don't know if I'm Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, babe, I thought it was a different deer. <laughs> I thought it was some rando I come through. I really do I, I
0: really love her, but gosh, I don't
2: yeah, that I know. Yeah, I know. Like I thought it was some rando it <laughs> came through. It had a drop yeah. time, but it must have broke it off and it was
0: running. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, he, He's gonna be something special. I hope I hope he. I hope he uh, shows up for it because I've got hours of footage of that deer. Nice. Man, that'd be
3: cool. Was there there ever a time, like, in those 18 days that you hunted, like, you just felt, you know, super defeated and you're just like, you know, I'm just going to start hunting a different deer? Or just since you've been, you know, picking a deer, you know, maybe these last five, six years, like, that's just kind of what you come to expect from hunting that way? Super
0: defeated. I felt that way in September. <laughs> when he was gone? Like, when he showed quit showing up, like, I was, like, I was down, like, in the dumps. Like, oh, man, like, in 2018, I never really had a deer until December to hunt. But did I ever, like, during the 18 days that I, like, once he showed back up on my property, I never thought about another deer. I never even, I didn't check any other trail cameras out in my property. I had one buck on a on a ten acre piece that was pretty easy in the one seventies that was daily showing up on cell camera and I never even never even tried to hunt that deer. Like once once Dumper was like back on my radar, like I never even I never wavered off that stand really. I think At that could that be field,
2: I think that could be a huge tactic because if we think about like if you think about hunting Magnum and you put your sole year into just hunting the area that you know he was and you never hunted a different area when you had the wind, the opportunity you to kill that deer is
3: it goes, uh,
0: so much higher. You know what I mean? It, it goes so good because you learn so much more about that deer. You if might you see, see him a couple times. Him, like, if mean, you, if you, I mean, just, because you almost, At that point, you just zone in. I don't know if it's like Mr. Miyagi stuff or what, but like you almost get in that deer's head.
2: Now you got every cam
0: pulled. You got
2: every cam back there where he's at. You know, you're focusing all in that area. When we're focusing on three or four different pieces, areas, and
3: five, six different deer. Yeah, but I just feel like I just feel like when you see that deer, I you learn so much from actually seeing it then we're we're getting close to that you know switching our trail cams to video mode and such it's just not the same as seeing that deer from the stand at 50 100 you know 120 if you're on a field edge or something i just feel like seeing that deer before you you know a couple hunts or something or seeing him in october and you know you kill him in november just that time to to view what he's doing or how he's acting or something. I just feel like you can pick up something that can give you that edge.
0: You touch the beaner, uh, the the way he carries himself, the way he reacts to other bucks. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot about it, and like just the way he travels the field. Like when I watched him breed that doe, there were three other buck or three other uh, deer in the field that were blowing him. Wallace is all going on he didn't care one bit about it standing out in the middle of the wide open breeding that doe and any other but any buck coming near him he like did everything he could to veer that doe away from him he wasn't he wasn't trying to fight he was trying to avoid any other bucks and he was very very solitary like he didn't run with any other deer uh there was like a four or five day in a row span where I was seeing him almost every single hunt. And he stayed in this little, like, it couldn't have been a quarter acre patch of timber that was in the middle of a huge cow pasture, like that was over on the neighboring property. And he just, he would, he had two or three does in there every single day. And if a buck come near it, he would do his best to run them off. But if like they come in there with him, He'd just take his doze and go elsewhere. He wouldn't try to fight him. He never was real aggressive with him.
3: Yeah, see, like, there you know rattling's not going to do shit. You're just just like that? Not at no. But if he's He's out there...
0: He's going to turn around and, like, try to avoid any kind of confrontation.
3: Yeah, exactly. And see, I think that's, you know, valuable information.
2: It is super valuable, you know what I mean? I still feel like there's something... you you when you see that deer it's funny to say but like when you get a trail cam picture it's you know he's out there but he's still like a mythical creature you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. you get a couple trail cam pictures <laughs> three four you're like okay yeah he's here but when you see him then it's real you're like okay i almost got it done now now it's real like now this is I'm, an actual deer. <laughs> yeah i mean he's actually in this area this just wasn't like a fluke picture or two and um so I, I still don't I know if I can do hunting, eighteen days straight in stand, man. Props to you, that is brutal. So, mind numbing,
0: <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, but like once I started seeing them in that little patch timber, I realized like a ton from it because the way I was accessing that stand, basically ever since I've been a kid, like hunting that farm, there's a uh, gravel road access where I can actually cut through that cow pasture property. I can't hunt it but I got an easement in through that property and where I cut through there, he, he could watch me walk from my truck all the way into where I climbed into my stand from that spot. Like, and he could see 500 to a thousand yards in every single direction from that spot. And like when I, when I realized that, like it was, I, a morning hunt where I'd hunted all day and I'd seen him in there. Like he didn't see me come in in the darkness. So from that point forward, I ended up starting walking through the like the main bedding area of my farm, every single hunt, like pushing every single other deer off my farm to, to get into the stand to hunt this deer. But the only deer I wasn't spooking was him every single day. And then ultimately like hunting it 18 days, I never really felt like I was pressuring him at all. Because he was, you know, at arm's length, I knew where he was at. And he had no idea that I was approaching him from that direction. Every other deer on the farm did. My dad was like getting very stiff and then pushing all the deer away. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to I do. had yeah. him down, he was, he was pretty understanding about it.
2: It seems like those bucks love those little hidden crevices that, you know, you wouldn't think they'd be in and especially during the rut they push a doe in there and in your mind you're always sitting especially, there like oh that buck's going to come back out with this doe and i'm going to get him." but it seems like once they're in there during, they just like, stay
0: mm-hmm. when they get in lockdown those mature bucks like older like five six seven year old deer they don't like to fight anymore in, in my opinion they like to get in those little hideaway spots that they're not going to have 20 bucks roll through a day like if you're in a spot during like a 15th through the 20th of November and you're seeing 10 15 bucks a day and chances are that big bucks somewhere else where he's all by himself like he doesn't want a lot of competition to mess with his five or six bows that he's got locked down or one boat that he's got locked down they like to be alone they I mean at their age they don't want to fight anymore they just want <laughs> they want to love.
3: Yeah, that's something we're seeing, you know, is, you know, you're probably going to see a bunch of them smaller deer at that time. And then, you know, that last weekend of November, um, you'll see them bigger deer out running, uh, looking for them last few does.
0: Once once they break off that lockdown phase, then yeah, it's, yeah that's one of my favorite times to kill deer. A lot of times again, we'll hunt. My favorite time is when they're locked down.
2: A lot of times we'll hunt, we'll be like, this is a spot we ain't going to see a lot of deer, mm-hmm. but we're going to see the right deer, you know? And you can just tell those spots where absolutely you're not going to see a ton of 100% deer, true. but you're going to see if there, if something comes through, it's going to be the right or the right deer, you know what I mean? Or a right deer, you know, it's just like an, a buck but, that you're not, it's not on a main doe trail. It's like on a edge on the downwind side of a doe bedding where there's just like a slight trail, you know what I mean? Like. You're not going to see a lot of deer here, but if it is, it's going to be a shooter.
0: If you got like a half acre patch of timber that's got a water source in it, during that lockdown phase, you can almost guarantee that there's an insured buck at some point that's using it that to lock down those. Like, they don't need food, but they have to have water and they have to have cover. And they want to be as secluded as humanly possible or the humanly possible, however you want to say it. But like that's that's what i key in on that time of year it's like little secluded patches of timber that you wouldn't hunt any other time of year that's where the big bucks go during when they lock those
2: down yeah you see that we see that a lot here (laughs) we'll see bucks just out in the middle of a field and there'd be a fence line with four trees on it and there's just a mega rack laying out there (laughs) with a doe you know what i mean like there, that deer ain't moving for two days like if that's your target buck you can just glass him all you want, but he's out there, you know what I mean? So two
0: two of my one eighties and one of my one seventies all came out of like patches of timber like that. It's if, it's like it's insane how like much of a draw something like that is. The one the one buck came out of a patch of timber that the only water source on it, and I found it in September. Was where the farmer had pushed in a uh, a cow had died, and she, he pushed it in like buried it with a dozer, and left a little indenture in the ground, and the water collected there, and that's where the, I had a I had a trail camera over that, and I was getting constant pictures of giant deer, big deer on that on that little bitty tiny water source right there, for whatever reason, and then like I I remembered that, and on the uh, Friday of Missouri's gun season. I'd gotten a picture of a buck, the buck that I was after, a buck that I called Kickstand. He's uh, like a 186 inch mainframe 10. And I got a picture of him in that area and I hunted a stand that was kind of overlooking that little, it probably wasn't a quarter acre patch of timber with that little watering hole in it. And about seven o'clock that morning, he came out and to get a drink out of that little, little watering hole. And, I was waiting there for them. But
3: if you think about it, like these little patches of timber, everybody's walking by it. Nobody's going in there. Mm -hmm. They're just all walking by it, going to the big timber, going to a field edge somewhere, and just going right by these little patches of timber, and the deer feel safe there because nobody's ever stepped foot inside there. Yeah,
0: and the the little bucks and... Younger bucks, are they're, they're not going there because there's no reason for them to. Most of the year, there's no does in there. So why are they going to go look in there? But mm-hmm. the bucks are in there locked down with a couple does so they don't have to compete. It's,
2: okay. It makes me think of that square it's, that we found this year on that King's Field.
3: Well, it was just like two years ago when you found them sheds. Like just a little finger draw. Just yeah. boom, right there. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it's nothing. It, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to key in on that late November
2: time of year. You know that square I'm talking about on Kingsfield <laughs> that we walked this year where you're looking for your buck, water source, oh. the real thick stuff? That'd be a perfect place to push a doe that no one's going to look into.
3: Down by the corner?
2: Yeah. be a real good place to push a doe. If anything, during shotgun season, it might be push that piece oh, out. Oh, <clears throat> down by the road. Very down by the road. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, And if you get in a spot to overlook it with a, with a gun, you you're in a uh, honey hole. Yeah,
2: I say
3: by then it should be cleared out. You'd be able to glass in there and.
0: Yeah,
2: it's we found a spot looking for his buck this year. It's probably a five acre piece. There's water water in it, and I think about seventy percent of the trees had fallen. In there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of down stuff. A lot in there. of down stuff. Yeah. That, that sounds like a
0: key piece of ground right
2: there. Yeah, and all our bucks disappear. But then they pop back on camera, you know, in a day. We have no idea. A couple of days, we have no idea where they go, and it might be where they're they going. We don't
0: move much during that late November time. But if you know where they're going to be, or have a pretty good idea where they're going to be,
2: you just gotta be there when they
0: pop out. And it's, it's there's no time limit on it. It could be noon. It could be we could probably get that too. First thing in the morning. We already have that. Well,
2: kind of. We have the corner, the north corner. where We don't have the south. Timber.
3: it's the same block
2: it is the same block yeah i just i just have to ask <laughs> to make sure you know. Oh, okay. You always got to really double check you know um i ask if we could hunt maybe like this other six acre piece that's it's on the same block of ground but i'll yeah. ask him but yeah that, that's why i said man we're so blessed to run this podcast because you start talking about that and then in my in my mind just like the listeners i bet they're running through you your always places. have that
3: one thing you can like super
2: relate yeah. it to it and it's like right to you. Yeah. And you're like, oh this yeah. guy's talking right to me right yeah, now. I'm yeah. such a dumbass. So I haven't <laughs> been doing this. this. Chaos is probably down there with the dough. Just chilling. It's like, man, these two young punks up here think they're gonna <laughs> kill me. They ain't got a chance. I'm like five hundred yards away. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> that fence line is you know, prime. He's... Everything's prime right yeah. there. Yeah. Overlooking I... it. Yep.
0: That's uh, that's why I mean you gotta Try to pick up information from anybody and anything you can. Like, I talk to every every single farmer around. Like, if I come across them at the gas station, or coffee shop, or breakfast place. Like, I'll ask them, "Hey, you see any big deer around? Are you seeing any deer around?" Like, even if you can't even hunt anywhere near them, if they're telling you like where they're seeing them at, like you can kind of like take that piece of information and apply it to the piece of ground you're hunting at. Like, oh yeah, I saw them over. Uh, I saw this giant over by this lake piece that's got some timber on it, and, well, I got a lake in the middle of a pond in the middle of my farm that's got a little patch of timber on it, you know, it just, that's where I started learning this stuff out, it was just talking to, actually, people that had no background in hunting whatsoever, but they see the deer all the time, they're around them all the time, and, they, I mean, the deer just kind of let the farmers drive right past them, and they, they get the best views and the best knowledge of what's going on on the ground. And, and so you can take that and apply it to what you're doing, and it kind of works.
2: That is another good tip, because farmers don't like to hunt for some reason. Yeah. I mean, you imagine it, if every farmer hunt. hunted? There'd be no there'd ground. Be no you ground. could <laughs> get any ground anywhere. If every farmer was a There's, big buck hunter, we'd be screwed, bro. <laughs> all
0: right. They- they're nuisance. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the guy, one of the guys that I hunt on, like I've killed a couple of my biggest bucks off of, like I've driven them by their house and like to show them. And like, to me, they're a world-class deer to him. It's just like, a, I mean, nothing more than if I would have showed him a half a limit of squirrels. <laughs> yeah, it's true. true. I know. I know. I talked a lot of. Yeah, I've seen him ten or fifteen times. I, I drive my truck right past him to feed the cows
2: every morning. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people, and they're like, uh, oh, "I seen a big deer." I'm like, "How how big? I seen a big deer. How big? Like my wife's grandpa? Oh yeah, I seen a yeah. big. I'm like, "How big was he? Oh, you know, he's an eight pointer. Yeah, he has a know. good eight pointer. You know, I'm like, how big of an eight pointer was he? Like, was he really big? Or...
3: Like, a, like a 1960s eight pointer? You get a little
2: bit of details out of the farmer, but he's not going to be like, ah, oh, he's 17 points. You know, he's a little heavier on yeah. the right side. He's not, you know, <laughs> he ain't, ain't going to get
0: that many details, but. I'll usually gauge it by how it's like a farmer gets excited about how big a deer was. Yeah, it's like big. You can pretty much just set your clock bite that he's going to be a giant. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, he's the
2: biggest I've ever seen. That's probably a pretty good sign. Oh, oh, and there she goes. Positive. All right, we're back. We had a brief <laughs> phone interruption because Verizon has shit service, and uh, we we lost him. And but... your
3: phone bill is like $30 a yeah, month. Yeah, I have
2: a prepaid phone bill. I don't know why anybody is <laughs> paying Verizon the big dollar money when they can have this legit. If I if I talk to homie on the way home from work, I lose him at least three times. At least There's three. There's at least three spots. But I'm just cheap, man. I just I just like stuff that works that's cheap. I'm just, that's why I drive
3: an I 08 pickup. I
0: think I may have found the tip of the century there. It switched to Verizon $30 service.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Cody's
3: got it nailed down. He can send you over the details. Yeah, I
0: can send you over the deets,
2: man. <laughs> Me and my wife together, 65 bucks. Absolute garbage. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> solid deal like an extra two or three trail cameras a month. yeah
2: exactly yeah <laughs> man. that's what i'm saying i was gonna
3: like, say we've been doing this for two and a half years and about a year and a half in i was like why in the hell are we even yeah, using why your shitty phone to call all these guys
2: <laughs> i don't know man you gotta have that connector for your phone you got that high dollar one i'm still using i don't have to have the the plug-in right? iphone to this <laughs> headphone jack i got the old school head i got like a six what are they on like a 13 now Ten, 10? yeah. So man, yeah. I'm I'm way back in there, but all right. Let's get back on. We're way off course here, but anyways, yeah. So uh, yeah, I can't. I don't even know what it is. Net ten wireless or something. If you're looking for a cheap plan, <laughs> get the pure pay Verizon one. Save you some money for trail cams. All right, man. Well, cool. uh, let the let the people and the listeners know where they can watch this hunt and uh, some of your previous hunts, because like I said, you got some absolute giants of you filmed.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, you can check out most of my hunts on uh, Team Radical's YouTube page. Uh, the Hunter Thumpers on there from last year. Got a bunch of turkey hunts. Uh, filmed a bow hunt in 2018. Got my girlfriend's big nine pointer and uh, her sister killed a uh, nine and a half year old six pointer during the youth season that we didn't believe it'd be legal for us to kill like huge body, biggest body deer I've ever seen. Uh, It's on there too. So yeah, I think uh, we've got some great content. Uh, Kyle, the, uh, the, uh, I guess the leader of our clan, he killed a uh, 196 inch buck called Uno, huge brow tines, like 13 inch brow tines. Probably seen him. He's a, freaking yeah i don't guy. know anybody that but, hasn't
2: seen that i've seen that youtube video you know what i mean so
0: dude that deer is like a if there's a legend of the woods that is yeah that is him
2: he is tall like, a lot of
0: brows like i'm a brow had, guy too like, <laughs> six years of history of, oh yeah brow time to get a deer shot quick yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah but yep yeah, we have some pretty cool content out there I've got uh two or three turkey hunts right now that I'm trying to crank out and get uh sent out to be put up on youtube so anyway, uh yeah, if you can check that stuff out. I think you'll enjoy it, it's yeah, I enjoy it a great page
2: team radical i've I've watched quite a bit of the stuff um when I seen that on there, I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna be able to watch you know most of these hunts so I appreciate you coming on, yeah. man. I think this was a good legend, and you know, just big buck tactics. I think that's what we'll name this. You know, just big buck tactics with Sean and another legend to 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 not overlook those small spots. Yeah, and, um, we say it a lot oh, on man. here, but it goes back to time and stand and hard work and being where the deer are. Like that's how you kill these giant <laughs> deer. <laughs>
0: If you got an extra trail camera, put it on, put it, put it in your grandma's yard or wherever the heck you can put it. I mean, you never know where a giant's going to show up. I mean, if you don't have one on your farm, you may as well try to find one somewhere else.
2: Yeah, that three-acre timber that's behind your buddy's house—probably fire. Probably fire. <laughs> uh, you could, uh, a twelve-pack lease. Yeah, heck yeah! Be like, what do you like hams? Oh, I got
3: that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why are we drinking that? Yeah,
2: mowed my neighbor's yard, brought me over a case of hams. I'm like, well, I'm gonna have this about six years. <laughs> not just like a twelve pack, a whole a rack. case, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, that's. I do not some... know where you eat special Amazon. Yeah, I don't know where you get that <laughs> stuff, but. Uh, but uh, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a great episode.
0: Yeah, well, good luck for the rest of your turkey season. Hopefully, it improves.
2: I
3: say we're gonna need it.
2: All right, man, here comes another. I hope that's not the beginning of that. Hey. Hey. <laughs> this is the outro. Yes. We got music. We got music. We're finally getting our shit together on this show. Yes. <laughs> you get through a real solid episode. You get right to back to just us. The quality just goes right down the drain. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that legend episode. I really like the big buck breakdown in this one. A lot of good tactics got us thinking about a couple key spots that we're going to key on. <laughs> that, that was terrible. A couple key spots we're going to key on. <laughs> yes. All right, well, get out there, leave a legacy. Do better talking than I do, and uh, White to legacy's out. <laughs>